Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks. Ladies and gentlemen, last time on Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks, the party brings Derek Marn, the fixer they've knocked out, back to their pocket house. Bernie uses her zone of truth, and thanks to some intense interrogation, manages to find out a lot of missing details about what exactly has been going on in Amphail. This includes the location of the entrance to the fixer lair, hiding in the basement of Derek's tavern. Leaving Derek tied up in the basement with the Modrons on alert and a watch rotation set up, the party finally heads to bed for the night. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren, aka Obocrazy, and I've got more bullet whiskey. I mean, it's really good, and it's a large bottle, and I'm just going to keep drinking it because it's that good. I've also got some tea because it's also that good. Bernie, what are you drinking? Not alcohol. <laughs> okay. Because uh, there's none in my house because I forgot to go buy some because everything got thrown up, but I am drinking root beer. Ooh. Jones root beer. It's so good. To be noted, that's not healthier than drinking beer. It's just a different kind of unhealthy. It's just sugar. Just sugary, sugar, sugar, sugar. And it's yummy. And I love it. And I feel like Snoopy. <laughs> so while the rest of us get slower and drunker, you're going to get uh, faster and more hyper. Um. Also, I really love that our current like dude that we are mad at, his last name is Marn, like Battle of the... And Snoopy was a pretend <laughs> World War One pilot. We can get into the historical inaccuracies of World War One dogfights later. But so tonight, I'm I'm inadvertently celebrating Monsieur Marne. Are you indicating that there were not actually dogs in the dogfights? I'm indicating that the dogfights are a little overblown. But but if you played Battlefield One, fuck me. Am I right? <laughs> you know who's not overblown, Jonathan. The Magimuscular, what are you drinking? Hi, this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Magimuscular, and tonight I am doing something a little bit political. So <gasps> a couple of days ago, there was the Super Bowl, and Anheuser-Busch, uh, makers of Budweiser, had an awesome commercial, which basically chronicled the story of how Budweiser was made, how Anheuser-Busch was founded. And as it turns out, immigrants founded Anheuser-Busch. They get the job done. They get the job done. They're what America's made out of. So after that, people for some reason found the story of immigrants uh, creating an American brand to be offensive and specifically a dig against President Trump. I don't know why they would think that. But anyway, they started a hashtag boycott Budweiser and totally misspelled Budweiser. But that's neither here <laughs> nor there. So tonight I am drinking. Budweiser, because mm. fuck those guys. Travancore, what are you drinking? Hello, neighbors. The Viceroy's choice this evening harkens to a recurring Cider War theme on our broadcast. So I am drinking, <laughs> actually, Ace Apple Hard Cider. And Jonathan, nice. I do not say this to denigrate you or to get an edge on the Cider Wars at all. Objectively, I'm not really enjoying it. It has kind of a dry, weird aftertaste, and it's not really my thing. But I you shut see... your blasphemous mouth. Oh, here we go. I mean, maybe <laughs> and I, I can imagine you saying you need to try the Perry 
hard cider, but I'm not a pear guy. I'm an apple guy. That's been established. That's me bringing my, <laughs> dropping my science onto Travancore. But, uh, I mean, at least I had an open mind, and I thought in the spirit of sort of expanding my horizons, I would at least try it. So, nothing ventured, nothing gained. I'll say this. Give it, this is going to sound stupid, the whole bottle. I have found with the hard ciders that are the drier kind, it, it's kind of like wine that's super dry. You kind of have to get into it. You, This isn't a, you'll get drunk and you'll like it. This is a, let it kind of sit on your palate for a little bit and you might enjoy it more. Okay. You know, I'll just say, you know, as the mediator between you and uh, Carlton Tanks, <laughs> Carlton, what are you drinking? So Jonathan the Magic Muscular came and visited me during PAX and he left me his whipped cream vodka. So I was going to make a Cuban Missile Crisis, but then my friend Herb brought over some beer from New Belgium and it's New Belgium plus Ben and Jerry's chocolate chip cookie dough ale. Oh my god. <laughs> no, I it is so, so weird. Good. That is the most dessert ever. That actually sounds really good. It's actually yeah. kind of, it's like weird because I'm not expecting it, but it's not bad. I really want to pour a beer over ice cream. You know what? Something that is chocolate chip cookie dough beer not being bad, that may be, it's like, that may be the best you can hope for. I think by the time I get to the bottom of the bottle, I'll really enjoy it, but like... You, you, you drink a beer, you expect, like, very beery, but it's like, no, it basically tastes like I'm drinking chocolate chip cookie dough. Ugh. And it's a little off-putting, but it's delicious. Well, as long as it's delicious. I have some chocolate Speaking ice Speaking of what else is delicious, a long night's rest. Oh, I get a long rest? Because we're you doing did. watches. You guys went to sleep the night before, after you had secured Derek in your basement. Uh, you'd set up a little <laughs> watch rotation. After you secured Derek in your basement. And I'm like, you know? Yeah, we did. We we are currently hiding things in our basement. You're not just hiding. You are you have left him tied up in your basement. It, he, I really want to go down there and be like, it puts the lotion on its skin. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to do that. That doesn't have to go in that direction. <laughs> so yeah, unless someone wants to do something overnight, you guys have a nice long rest and your watch rotation goes off without a hitch. The moderns are there to help and the morning comes. It's a little later in the morning because you guys had uh, undertaken this abduction right around 11 p.m. So, you know, it's it's well past sunrise when you guys get your full Let's night. call it a fact-finding mission. Whatever you want to call it. We found him. He's full of facts. Now we have him. <laughs> You do. Yeah, it's the next morning, and what would you like to do? How long do we have on the on the pocket house, on the gate? Uh, you guys had created that thing about, if I remember correctly, dinner time, because you came home, you talked for a little bit, you set it up, you or you set it up, you went in there, you talked for a little bit, and then it was afterwards that you guys left and went to the tavern and you're in the tavern for a little while before everybody kind of cleared out so probably about like eight o'clock ish it's been let's say 12 hours considering when you set it up and the fact that it's probably like eight or nine o'clock in the morning now so, so it's gonna be good till about eight o'clock tonight this is gonna come across as a little bit more evil than jonathan the magic muscular normally is but do we want to find out what happens when someone is in the house when the gate closes? I wanted to do it with a goddamn rabbit, but you're all like, no. Yeah, yeah. Um. I'm floating it. I'm just floating it. I'm yes, not I think saying we should. we should do it. 
I am just saying it is a possibility. I have wondered this for a while, and I'm okay with him being our figurative guinea pig. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are we talking about this in character, or are we talking about this out of character? In character. Uh, Jonathan, this is how Jonathan the Magimuscular feels. And, this, and Jonathan the Magimuscular actually says, this is how Jonathan the Magimuscular feels. Of course, of course he does. So, um, as our, albeit a tiny bit defaulty moral compass, I'm going to veto that. Okay, I, like I said, I was just floating the idea. The I thing love is, that. You had so much righteous indignation when I suggested we torture him for information, but leaving him in a pocket dimension? Totally cool. Well, he Megacopacetic. Won't, I figure he won't suffer. And How do, What are you basing that on? We don't now know. Now I sound like you. We don't this know. This is your level of indignation. And the thing I'll is, it's like- I'll buy you a goldfish. I'll buy you a goldfish. We'll okay. go get a fucking goldfish, and we'll put it in here. Have you ever wondered the fact that the Modrons are just fine? They're I will- con- they're not- alive they're not alive so i will i will concede uh i would love the both of you to roll intelligence checks please who both of well anyone who's wondering about the the whether or not the modrons are considered alive oh oh intelligence i got a 20 yeah they're little robots they got metal whatever does carlton know that the modrons are not alive or does he know that i rolled a 20 (laughs) i don't know i rolled a seven all right so we got a seven from travancore bernie what'd you get I got 12. And Carlton? 20. And Jonathan? 17. Okay. All of you have this moment where they're alive, they're not alive, and then you all pause for a second as you have what modern you know, people would describe as a, a crisis of uh, artificial intelligence consciousness. Are robots alive? Can you have a soul? Can anything have a soul can we consider them what what i don't know most of you have no idea carlton you have a little bit of idea you do know that and jonathan you know this as well the both of you know that modrons in their own world on their home planet exist as kind of a large collective and then those that are removed from that collective basically gain this sense of self that they they understand who they are and their place in the hierarchy of the universe and carry out commands and have their own intellect and you're really not sure actually if you would consider them alive or not i mean you carlton you're pretty sure you could make it stop being working and jonathan you're pretty sure you could you could make it no longer work, and is that considered dead? Ooh, philosophy. See, I imagine like we're having this argument about whether they're alive or not, and the camera just pans over to Sir Alistair Duke, who just has one large tear. And lo, <laughs> but it's like made of oil. A vigorous debate followed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we really want to get into the debate about what is considered alive or not, but no thanks, we're good. Does, uh, does one of the Matri come up and ask, does this unit have a soul? <laughs> Last episode we do drugs. This episode we talk about the meaning of life. Alistair Duke walks up to you and goes, meep, 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 meep. "Hey, buddy, you know what? I, I, I guess this th- our discussion is not whether you're alive because you clearly, you clearly have wants and needs, and your want is to help us out, and we appreciate that, buddy. I think the our our concern is more biological. Your biology is very different from ours, so the question is." Would someone of our biology 
be okay here just as someone of your biology. And so this will be my last argument for leaving Derek here. But Derek could tell us what it was like, whereas experimental rabbit or goldfish could not, since we don't have anyone that can speak with animal. You don't start by injecting the human being with the experimental drug. Yeah, you skip well, right we to human done it with a rabbit. <laughs> Listen, so no. like I said, that In was fact, my last the IRB argument. The review board would not pass this experiment. <laughs> I know for a fact. You does not how this goes. This isn't double blind. It might only be single blind because he only has one eye, but it's definitely not double blind. I will make the argument that we have to leave him here because we have nowhere else to put him while we yeah. do our investigating. That was the practical concern. I mean, we could just leave him in the barn. I don't want to involve the Eagle Shields any more than we already have. What about uh, Kyla? I don't know if she will be de- if we're that friendly with her. Is there any tea in here? I'm going to ask Bay what we should do. Oh. Uh, there- you, you bought some tea and you have kind of the, the basics to, to make some tea if you'd like. I'm, I'm assuming you've gotten up and you're having some basic rations for breakfast while you're having this discussion. Okay, so this is the wheel or woe spell, right? Okay, so I guess we should figure out the question we want to ask. Like, do we want to ask, do we want to, if we want to just outright say, hey, we're not going to involve the pocket dimension at all, then do we want to ask, hey, if we leave Derek at place X, would that work out? Or I think we. I would rather involve the pocket dimension because then we have the answer to it. Because even if we don't, dimension. we'll still have She's this a question. God. Why do you think she didn't know about pocket dimension? No, no, no. I did because I didn't know whether that. Because if we say, "Hey, w- if we leave Derek in the pocket dimension, w- would he be okay?" and we don't get an answer, that still that means the pocket dimension is still on the table. And the reaction that I'm getting is that the pocket dimension is not on the table because of human experimentation. Well, you have one yes, if one no. Okay, I mean, like, it's one thing to say, like, it's one thing to not understand that fire burns people and go, let's light something on fire to find out if it hurts. And it's another thing for an adult to tell a child, don't put your hand on the stove. You know what I mean? Okay, no, that makes sense. All right, that that is, I like that. Let's let's do that. This is me getting an adult. She's also a goddess, but it's (laughs) the same thing. She's an adult in this situation. She has children. I like this idea. Okay. So this is Augury you, you're about to cast? Yes. So um, specifically, it says you receive an omen from an other otherworldly entity about the results of a specific course of action that you plan to take within the next 30 minutes. Yeah, we'll go within the next 30 minutes. We're going to leave. We're going to leave the Battle of the Marn in the house in the pocket dimension. What's his first name? Derek. 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 Anyway, so what's the specific course of action you're going to take within the next 30 minutes that you would like to find Wheel or Woe about? Leaving Derek Marn in the house inside of the pocket dimension and then closing the door to the pocket dimension. Okay. So you go ahead and cast it. And you drink the tea, cast the spell, and... Earl Grey hot. That's what I had this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Tea, Earl Grey hot. So basically, for a second, you get the Magic 8-Ball answer and clear ask again later. What is your specific concern? Let's just put it this way. I don't want Derek Marn to earn his last name. 
I would and rather him not go the way of the Battle of the Marne. First, second. Jules, are you doing this as a ritual or as a slot? I'll look that up in a second. We don't want to have to Marne him. I would rather... We are concerned for his personal health, well-being, safety, and continuing to be alive when we get back in here. Okay. With that, as you look at the tea leaves at the bottom of your cup, what once was unclear codifies into wheel. And you get the sense that if your concern was for his health and well-being, he will still be healthy and well-beinged when you close the, the door. All right, then. He's gonna be fine. We're fine. Wait, when we leave the pocket house? What happens after that? When we close the door, he's fine. Oh, okay. Like, well, if we're not there. But, like, as long as you get back before the, the thing closes. Okay, got it. Okay. No, no, you, she specifically is asking if you close the portal and leave Derek there. Oh. What will be his health and well-being? Well, basically, is he going to get hurt or die? And the answer you got was, wheel. He'll be fine. He will be okay. Okay. You needed, you needed to just ask a more specific question. And Jules, you cast that as a ritual so you didn't burn a spell slot, right? All right, cool. While she was doing the ritual, I went and stole my puff back. Okay. Who has the puff? She had it in her belongings. My puff? I believe. My puff. No. Why did you- No, it's kind of... You don't know where I keep my shit, Cass. like- You don't know where I keep my shit? Okay. You keep your shit in your butt. How do you know where I keep my shit? He doesn't get to steal things? That's not how D&D works. Hey, no, no. Roll and fucking check he will. on that. He, he will. He will. <laughs> he will definitely roll a couple of checks. Bernie, where are you keeping the puff? On my person. Okay. In my bra. Carlton. It's in my bra. I need you to roll a perception check to see if you know where the puff is. Well, no, I don't. Because I feel like she added stuff on after I said what it was. But that's fine. I can't well, I do the pocket to... sand. <laughs> it is a very, very small pouch. Uh, what was your perception? I still could have pocket sanded a little bit. What was your perception? Seven. You don't see it anywhere. If you would like to tr still try to pat her down while she's doing this ritual, you know, I'll take a slide of hand, hand check. I would like to also make a religion check on Queen Bay getting angry and fucking smiting you. We're about well, to cast woe on your ass. You're gonna you're gonna do something else. So uh, he's going to roll this slide no, of hand I'm check. Sorry, Bernie, Con, you, you really gonna feel me up? Bernie, you get to roll a uh, perception check with advantage. Because he's not really trying to steal anything in specific. He doesn't know what he's looking for, so he's just looking for something on your body. Well, I know what I'm looking for, and I know she has it on her person. I just don't know where. Because I know what the puff looks well, like. You, and it... you are guessing it's on her person, but you've well, no I idea where. Well, I her put it there last night when she took it from me. I'm super comfortable with this. <laughs> I am also super comfortable with this. Not... All right, Bernie, what's your, what's your perception check? 13. And Carlton, what was your sleight of hand? Oh, it was an 8. Okay. Bernie, in the middle of this ritual, basically about the time in where you get the answer unclear, ask a more specific question, and you take a second to kind of think, oh, I got to ask a more specific question, you see Carlton reaching for your side. And before he can even get close enough to touch you, you kind of absentmindedly bat him away and then go back to thinking. And then you see him reaching again. And, like, he's trying to, like, take your purse or something. You're not exactly sure what he's doing. And you turn to him, and you bat his hand away again. What's your damage, Heather? 
<laughs> oh, I was gonna pocket sand the puff. No. Uh, no, 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 no. I was no. the one who paid I'm, for it. I'm going to cut your hands off. If I see Tell you what. reach for my body again or find out you have, I will cut your goddamn hands off. Well, then just give me the puff back. I paid no. for it. Well, yes. No. <laughs> well, yes. No. All right, I'll take the 50 gold then. No. Yes. And they continued in this fashion for the next seven to eight years. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, uh, Shadow nudges Travancore and goes, and rolls his eyes. You you got it, buddy. You are a canny observant of human humanoid behavior. So Carlton fails miserably at being stealthy, and Bernie is upset that he wants his drugs back, and everyone is super uncomfortable, and Shadow just rolls his eyes. And what do you want to do next? I want to leave! I want to get out of this pocket dimension! I want to move on! Can we move on? Where would you like to so, go? What the, okay, so the the are we gonna kick this kick down this guy's door? Uh, I thought that was the plan was to go straight to the bar. I thought we were gonna go to the barn. No, the bar. But COVID, right? COVID. Yeah, COVID. But we were COVID. told that we were gonna get fucked up by COVID because I think he's like a sneaky fast thief. You were you were told by Derek that he believes that Vukovic is very deadly. Yeah, but he's just a bartender. We're deadly. So he's very deadly to a bartender. A little bit. I wouldn't want to under underestimate him. We don't know what he is or what he's capable of. I mean, we should definitely exercise caution. That said, we we gotta get after this guy. Buffs. I can cast some buffs that make us more deadly or less susceptible to deadliness. Let me look this up. I might do a healing thing. I've got quite a few. Quite a few things that I could potentially do to him, so... I am amenable to being less susceptible to, to deadliness. So, right. So we are gonna... So we're gonna go... Because, like, we've already established that this guy needs to go, right? I mean, this is... The, the question is not, oh, when we get to him, what are we gonna do? No, this no, guy... We promised We promised Derek that we'd kill him. Yeah, we're gonna we kill him. We did Voko. promise okay. Derek that we'd kill him. Do you have Speak With Dead, Bernie? Um, yes, but I'm not at this level. I mean, what? Who? Who are we speaking to? That's dead. Oh, oh! You want me to bring him back to life and talk to him after he's dead? Well, yes. It's not bringing back. You basically bring back his ghost for a second before it wanders off, and then we can talk to him. I'm gonna throw this out here. His ghost is not gonna want to talk to us. It's it's funny how 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 persuasive you can be with ghosts. But that said, <laughs> I think I think that um. This uh, we don't want to we don't want to do the good guy thing where we're like we could kill you but we're not because no, we're, we're going dumb. To kill him. No, he's no, gonna he's fucking going die, to die, right? Yeah. Okay. kind of justice. All right, let's go. Let's go kill him. A kill and we will go. A kill and we will go. <laughs> fucking All right, da, so you guys da, 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 leave da. the the pocket dimension. Are you leaving the portal up? No. No, we're shutting it down. Yeah, we're shutting it down. Taking it with us. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait before we go. Uh, I say, hey, Madrins, um, and I un, I do whatever trail rations and my water skin. I was like, this is for him. Make sure he don't starve. Because I don't think we don't have any food in the house, right? 
No, you. Well, we've got to plant well, your box in the living room, but I don't think anything sprouted yet. <laughs> Not just oh, that's yet. Right. And I Fuck seem it. to remember that you might have some some shanks of ham and a large thing of flour, and that's about it. Okay, so I I undo all of my trail rations and my water skin because I figure the Eagle Shields have spare water skins, right? Probably. I would assume. I imagine. Okay, I'm gonna get a new water skin from the Eagle Shields. I I hand them to the Madrans and say, uh, if if our guests ask for food. And or water, here you go. Uh, otherwise, don't do anything he says. Only give him food or water. Also, uh, no knives or utensils. Right. This is the, I, and I say, these are the only things he gets. The water and the food. Nothing else. Right? Right, guys? Right? Okay. He's going to MacGyver his way out of it. Piddleschmick has been the one kind of guarding him specifically, or at least the top of the, the basement. So you hand the stuff off to him. He's got several arms, so he's able to take it all. And he gives you kind of an understanding. I pat him on the eyeball. All right. And I go to the other two. If, if he jumps Piddlesmick, you take his ass out. <laughs> I mean, I love Piddlesmick too. But don't do the Ninja Turtle where Shredder grabs Leonardo and then says, drop your weapons, and you drop your weapons, and then Shredder will just kill all of you. No. I'm sorry, Piddlesmix. <laughs> if you fuck up, <laughs> that's on you. As you say this, like, as you start to say this, Alistair, Duke, and Felix stand upright. They, you know, Alistair's got his, his little sword, and Felix has got his arms, and they look for a moment like they're going to salute you, and then you go into this Ninja Turtle rant, and they all just kind of cock their head sideways. <laughs> it's okay. It's basically it's... giving you the modern version of what the heck don't, are you Don't worry about, about? it. It's, it's something else. It's, I'll tell you the story later. Words ah. from another realm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I do have speak with the dead, as it turns out. It was just in the very back of my third level spells. Cool. All right. Well, I um, organize them by alphabetical order. <laughs> uh, don't. Let's do this. Let's not. Let me. While we're going, I'm gonna look up speak with dead. But I, I think we. I think as long as we have the body, we can use it. I just don't remember. You grant semblance of life and intelligence to a corpse of your choice within range, allowing it to answer questions you pose. The corpse must still have a mouth. And can't be undead. The spell fails if the corpse was the target of this spell in the last 10 days. <laughs> Until the spell ends, you can ask the corpse up to five questions. The corpse knows only what it knew in life, including languages it knew. Answers are usually brief, cryptic, or repetitive, and the corpse is under no compulsion to offer a truthful answer. If you are hostile to it or it recognizes you as an enemy, the spell doesn't return a creature's soul to his body. It's only an animating spirit. So, so can't you cast learn any new information. In conjunction with truth? Would the truth spell work? I'm I think they're both concentration, right? Well, this is called... Nope. It's not a concentration oh. spell. It's just a duration for 10 minutes and then zone of truth. Double up. I don't know if zone... I'll let our DM decide if zone of truth warps on a cord. Let's... Yeah, we can... We can cross that bri that undead bridge when we, we come to it. We gotta actually kill this asshole right. before we let's not, dead let's not body That's the corpse in front of the cart. <laughs> exactly. All right, you guys leave. Who is deactivating the portal and taking the nut? I got it. Yeah, I, Travancore had it, I think. All right, you uh, spend the moment, deactivate the portal, you now have the nut. Where are you guys going? To, to the, the bar. Tavern. Right? To the bar. Yeah, we're going to go right. to the bar. We're going to find, oh, we we locked it up, but we're the only ones who know that, I think. Let's yeah. let's let's find out. We're all going to learn let's together. Let's be sneaky and go to the, the rear entrance if possible, or sneak through a window. Well, the sneakily. rear entrance is locked, but the window is unlocked. Jack, so one what of us, you. Uh, did I, uh, Travancore? Did I just hear that you want to go sneaky through the rear? Yeah, I'll sneak in through the rear. Okay, I, just, I don't see any problem with that phraseology at all. Ju just checking, just checking. All right, 
you guys make your way into town. It's well past breakfast time. You make your way to the Staghorn Flagon, where the sign, the notice that Bernie had forged is still posted on the front of the door. And when you try the door, it is still locked. If you look in through the windows, it still looks dark and empty. And Travancore, you're you're heading over towards the window that you used as a back entrance? Yep. Exit? Yes, uh, yes indeed. <laughs> okay. He's going into the exit. Mm-hmm. So you're easily able to find it, although at this point in the light of day, it's not quite as secluded as you would like. So I need you, if you want to, you easily know which window to open and to slip through. What I need is a stealth check to see if you can do it without any random person I walking want to, by. I want to. I was going to say, can we like kind of like loiter around there look at all like high school kids who don't give a shit <laughs> well uh, what i was gonna do is i was gonna say shadow come here for a sec i say bucks you can help with this too so we are going to assist uh travancore stealth check by doing a quick animal comedy routine in front of the of the uh flaghorn stagon and and hopefully that will distract people away from what is going on in the back there and before I leave, I tell Shadow, just do whatever Jonathan says for the time being, as long as it doesn't make you uncomfortable, too uncomfortable. Oh, this will be interesting. <laughs> Shadow comes in over, Bucks comes in over. All right, Jonathan, you're going to do this little animal handling trick? Yes. I'd love for you to roll a performance check. It's, I'm so glad you asked, because I've recently become proficient in performance. <laughs> and we'll see how successful you are at a distraction. Oh, no. Oh no! <laughs> Hold on. What did you roll? I'm looking a on. <laughs> oh no! Uh, Is this the time where Jonathan the Magic Muscular sticks his head in the bear's mouth for show and Shadow <laughs> accidentally bites down? Seven. I rolled a seven. <laughs> okay. I feel like I should get inspiration for this. <laughs> Bucks is unsure of why you're suddenly asking him to do frivolous things and shadow is super eager to please but is not at all used to any of the commands that you're trying to give him and you are trying to make this up as you go along yeah i'm like and i'm like hey oh hey oh hey and shadow's just like you people look over at you and they kind of shake their heads and kind of ignore you and keep going like they're actively they see that you're failing a little bit at doing this performance and it's the uh uncomfortable oh god i need to look away because this is bad what are the rest of you doing bernie and and carlton what are you two doing are we uh, should we help him he looks like he i needs was gonna say help. i was gonna say kind of give the help action by kind of blocking view of the window so people can't see him go in i'm big yeah <laughs> i mean i'm not like huge but i'll obstruct a decent portion of it Bernie's gonna point at Shadow <laughs> and go, Oh my god, is that a bear? Okay, and are you currently writing Coco Snoot or are you I'm writing uh, on- Coco Snoot. Okay. I have a plus one to performance, so let's see how that goes. We yeah, so Bernie, two. give me a I got an eighteen <laughs> for oh my god, is that a bear? Uh, Carlton, <laughs> why don't you give me an athletics check? I was curious what a loitering check would be. Well, this isn't loitering as much as you are intentionally, like, flexing. The de- the dice are against me tonight. 13. Okay. And Bernie rolled an 18. Okay. Bernie's exclamation draws more attention than anything else going on. And for a moment, 
all eyes are on this gnome riding a dog. Who cares that she's pointing at a bear who seems to be failing miserably to respond to its handler? There's a gnome riding a dog. Uh, Carlton, you stand there, you try to kind of flex a little bit and almost puff out and make yourself a little bit bigger and see, you know, what you can do to block view as Travancore. Go ahead and roll your stealth check. Here goes. 13. Did any of our help actions benefit with the rolls or no? You'll find out in a moment. Bernie is pointing and yelling and people are looking at her and there's this weird animal act going on and Carlton is standing there, the flexing muscles you didn't even know he could flex. And meanwhile, you just kind of casually walk up to the window, slip, and you're in. Huzzah! All right. You do notice that you have to be super careful because you've slipped in near the kitchen and there are potatoes everywhere. It seems like there was a stack of potatoes in the corner. That have slowly just like <laughs> rolled down throughout the night, and there's just these little potatoes everywhere. They're they're not quite ball bearings, but it's it's a little difficult to move through the room. All right, I grab a single potato and I move towards the uh, the front door. Well, no, why would you let us in towards the front door? Oh, well, there's a back door or whatever. The kitchen there's door a that back we door. locked. You locked. Oh, locked. right, right, right. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Through the back. I I go to the back door. I apologize. All right, very quickly unlocked. You guys finished your weird performance. I kind of signal them that he's inside. Yeah. Uh, Carlton goes first. Bernie is feels compelled to bow for some reason, even though it was the bear and the owl doing these weird performance art pieces. And you all head off behind the Staghorn Flagon, where Travancore has now opened the door for you, and you guys head on in. All right. Let's go. Let's go down. He's in the basement, right? Yeah. yeah. I, the basement. I, I head towards that that place that I'd seen earlier, which apparently has another entrance to the uh, like that, that cellar. I remember I distinctly just explored it, and I'm pretty sure that's where the entrance to this place is. I'm very careful not to make smashed potatoes as I walk through the kitchen. Yeah, it's a little hard. There are potatoes everywhere. Travancore, you remember where the entranceway to the basement is, kind of under the stairs that lead up to the second floor. You'd poked your head in, but you hadn't really gone down and looked around. Derek had said that one of the one of the barrels in a corner is basically a false barrel hiding the secret entrance. Uh, you all head on down. It's a little difficult for Shadow and for Coco Snoop because this is a a rung ladder, so. Shadow has to use all of his tree climbing skills. Bernie, you need to actually get off of Coco Snoot. And if he's going to follow you on down, you're going to, you and your friends are going to have to help him. Dogs don't normally climb down rung ladders. Oh, it's a little yeah. awkward. Someone can carry Coco Snoot, right? Yes. Correct. I, and I, I, I grab him and kind of put him on my shoulder. Yeah. Okay, good. And he does yeah, not like I that. I scratch under his chin. He does not, not comfortable with this in any way, shape, or form, but he's going to deal who's with a, it. Who's a good boy? He. Carlton's able to get Coco Snoot down. All of your animal companions are down. Travancore, roll me a uh, investigation check with advantage, since you kind of know what you're looking for. You got it. Detective Travancore investigates. 18. Yeah, it's only a moment where you find that one of the barrels, uh, when you go to lift it up, doesn't seem to want to move. And at first, it's because you think it might be super heavy, but knowing what you know, you then pull it towards you away from the wall and it very silently slides away like it's on a, a, a track and it pulls away leaving a door-shaped entrance showing some stairs going down into darkness Ooh. into darkness 
get a chance to use my dark vision, which I haven't done in a while. Yep. <laughs> uh, looks like the stairs go down about 15 or so feet before goes into a room. Do you guys just kind of descend the stairs? Uh, Quietly? Yeah, I do so stealthily, I guess. Do you, do you, like, I could, we could stay a few feet behind if you want to try to scout, or we can all kind of do a group try to stealth. I don't mind scouting. Alright, so Travancore, you're just going alone? Yeah, stealthily. stealthily. Okay, roll me another stealth check. Thirteen again. <laughs> okay. It's my lucky number. Alright, you head down the stairs and you end up in a good-sized room. It's weird, even though you're now underground, it looks like you've just walked into kind of a, a sparsely... Uh, decorated parlor room. There's a few tables and chairs. There's some cold torches on the wall. It is pitch black in here. If it wasn't for your dark vision, you wouldn't be able to see a thing. There are two doors. There's a door to the south and there's a door to the west. Both are closed. They both seem to be uh, wooden doors set into stone walls that, you know, it's a stone floor, stone walls, and room seems to be empty. Okay. I, uh, I sort of just call him down. The people who see dark vision can see my hand, like signaling them, and, yeah. John- and someone can just let Jonathan know that, like, although he'll see them going down the stairs, I'm, he'll more than likely follow or not. Jonathan, you want to keep a hand on my shoulder so you don't get so we we don't have to create light. Fine. Is it stairs? Can I be back on Coco Snoot? Absolutely. I mean, if you want, Jonathan, we we can get out the uh, the backpack with the leash. I'm oh, good. <laughs> all right, you dick. I'm good. <laughs> I'm all right. Just fine. Tie, instead of a monkey, he can tie you a jaguar. No, no. It's pronounced I'm jaguar. okay. All right, you guys all head downstairs. Some of you more proudly than others. I'm going to assume for the moment, unless you tell me otherwise, that Bernie is riding Coco Snoot and Bucks is on Jonathan's shoulder. Everybody but Jonathan and technically Shadow, although Shadow has some other senses, can see what Travancore had seen. It's kind of a a decent-sized room, some sparse chairs and tables sitting around, uh, two doors, wooden doors set into some basic stonework, cold torches on the walls. Hmm. I'd like to investigate the one, the door on the west. On the okay. west. To the west, I should say. To the west. Go ahead and roll an investigation check. And Travancore investigates once again. For a second, I thought you got another 13. <laughs> oh, oh, six. Not so, not so good. Not so good. Okay. Uh, it seems to be a relatively solid wooden door. You try the handle. Seems to be unlocked. Okay, I like to check for traps. Not the investigation, or I do them again, or that separate thing? Uh... That is an investigation check, but I'll say since you were basically just kind of checking out the door and not specifically checking for traps, I'll let you roll again for the checking for traps. All right, Queen Bay. I know I'm a recent convert, but uh, eight. Thanks, Queen Bay. I'm going back to Mohanlal. No, you're not. You seem to go to more church. <laughs> you're unsure if this door has any traps or not. Well, you know what, Travancore. I'm just gonna go for it. I've been I've been in this town for too long. I just don't care. This thing can like bite my hand off, and, and that'd be the end of it. And then I can spend time with my baby. So wait, why don't we have someone else also check for trap? Too late. Yeah. All right, you're gonna open the door. Yeah. Okay. Brady's like ah. Door opens up. Everything seems to be fine. Travancore, you can see into the next little area. Once again, it is pitch black. Can't really see anything. It's a small room. With another door on the west, 
Um, you see there's a table and two chairs, just kind of basic wooden table and chairs on the right. And there's a big key ring with some keys on it sitting on the table. Doesn't seem to be anything else in this room, except for the, the door on the, the far side. I'll check the keys or the region of the keys for traps, because that's apparently worked so well for me so far. Roll an investigation check. Eight. What the hell, man? Okay, so. You're not like, sure if the keys are trapped. I would like to put my ear up to this other door to see if I can hear anything on the other side. Roll a perception check. Uh, 25. Okay. You listen really intently. It's been fairly quiet. quiet. Travancore has been doing a good job of being stealthy and everybody else is being quiet. Don't hear anything. Okay. All right. I'll. Unless someone else wants to try and check this table, I'm, I mean, they're keys. I'm pretty sure they're not trapped. But if they are, uh, I see. I guess with the. Did you leave the door open that behind you? Yeah, I left it open. I guess like I see he's kind of fiddling with some keys. I'm like, hey, hey, Jonathan, do do you want to give Travancore a hand? Uh, sure, sure. And I I kind of lead Jonathan over to where Travancore is. Okay, you guys all. Uh, Bernie, do you want to follow them into this side room? Sure. Let's. Let's do it. Yeah, you all, Jonathan, you are led over by Carlton because it's still pitch black. You are led through what is obviously a doorway into another pitch black room. Bernie, you see what Travancore can see. The keys. The keys, the the other door, the table and chairs. Nothing else, really. It's a, it's another smaller stone room. While he's investigating, I want to listen at this door. Okay, go ahead and roll a perception check. Uh, 18. Not as good, but... You... Put your ear to the door and listen. And for a moment, you don't hear anything. And then you hear this weird slurping noise. It's kind of this slimy, like sliding across grease kind of noise. It's a little unsettling because you're not exactly sure what it is. And it's it seems to be coming not just from the other side of the door, but kind of far away from the door. It's, it's very faint. Uh, I go back over. I'm like, like, hey guys, I hear some uh, slurping, and it sounds like the room's full of grease. Like, maybe this is where he dumped his bacon grease, and like, there's something moving around. But maybe we should table that the other side of this door for a little bit, yeah. unless we want to go guns blazing. Carl, fine. Do you keep your bacon grease in a room at home? Is that a thing that you do? Well, yeah, you get to reuse it. It makes your food taste delicious. In a room on the floor, and not in. I have a, a lot of ba- a I have pot, a lot of bacon grease. A pot. I have a lot of bacon grease. I'm never coming over to your house. Let's go check out the wonderful. other door. No, no. Someone will grab those keys? I'll, I'll grab them. Okay. Who's got Jonathan? At the moment, Jonathan can't see the keys. Who's got Jonathan? That's why somebody grabbed the keys and somebody grabbed Jonathan. You can put your hand on my head. All right. I will grab Jonathan because I didn't perceive anything and it's probably better for Carlton to make a check. Well, Carlton, did you want to check anything or you're just grabbing the keys? Uh, I'm terrible at investigation, so I will just grab the keys and take the... Well, I'll wait for them to exit the room, and then I'll do it. Okay, they exit the room, you grab the keys. Okay. It looks like three keys on a, a small key ring. It's not like one of those huge ones, but you got a couple keys. Okay, so let's go check out this other door. Okay. All right. Who's doing what? Uh, I will check for traps. All right, give me an investigation check. So, 12? Not the best, but not the worst? Don't find anything. Okay. Um, I very quietly try to see if it's locked or unlocked, and then if it's unlocked, quietly and uh, slowly open it. It is locked. 
I pull out my key ring. You gonna try the keys? Yeah. Can All I right. roll a what? Can I roll a D three? There is no D three in this. All right, never mind. I'm gonna just try one until one works. Uh, you over the course of thirty seconds try all three keys. None of them work. I'm gonna cast Alohomora. Wait, do you have knock? <laughs> no. Oh damn it! <laughs> I just <laughs> would have made this so much easier. <laughs> I, no, I don't have that. No, hold fuck on. That. Do, hold on. Do I have knock? Only you would know. I'm looking. <laughs> uh, I know I don't have knock. Doors. That would be really useful right about now. I all thought right, you got uh, knock on like a scroll or something. Pat, I thought I had that actually. Did I don't think I used he... it though? You would know what you have. Let's Does take a look at my inventory. Let you is sleight of hand a thing that lets you like uh? Yeah, if you wanted to try to unlock the door, it would be a sleight of hand check. I would need to know if someone is proficient in sleight of hand, I and if anyone proficient. has thieves tools. I am proficient. Well, she is. So that's fine. She can do it. I and do you have thieves tools? I don't have thieves tools. That's the thing. They don't give me thieves tools. They just give me proficiency in I actually have in my notes saying buy thieves tools for these kinds of situations. Yeah. <laughs> well, if someone would like to try to unlock the door, it would be a sleight of hand check. All right. I will I'm proficient. concede the floor to the one who is better at it than me. She's got really? tiny hands. She's more finesse. We'll go in order of hand size. I don't know. Like, what? Am I gonna like stick a pinky in there and just pull on the? Well, no. The pinky goes up in the air because that's classic. Well, yeah. You got bobby pins, right? You can. Yeah, I guess I have a bobby pin, guys. I don't know how this is gonna go. I got a twelve. That's not gonna really. I don't know, man. All right. You spend a moment kind of examining this lock. You, you've you had some experience with locks, but you don't really have any tools. You kind of pat yourself down and everyone, they're just assuming because you're a, a girl that you've got bobby pins. And the reality is you really don't. My hair's in a braid today. Yeah, your your hair is fabulous all on its own without bobby pins. But you manage, you, you kind of pat yourself down. You find like a little tiny bit of wire and you do your best and jam it in there and do your best to try to unlock it. And eventually the wire snaps and door still seems to be locked on the plus side it's gonna be harder for someone else to get out i think unless i okay what do i have in my explorer's pack i mostly I can use, use the skill to like win at cards when i'm not already beating the pants off people <laughs> why don't we go in the room with the slobber thing maybe it's got the key and it's digestive track and then carlton can roll around in the baking grease and feel at home Oh, that would be nice. Oh, I would be so hard to grapple. And I am so ready to fight something. So let's check out that door number two. I would like, yeah, here. I can cast light. That's a cantrip. I don't have to burn any spell slots. All right. Bernie casts light. Jonathan, after several minutes. Wait, no, no. I didn't say I was casting it yet. I was going to cast it in the room where we're going to fight the thing in. Okay. Well, you, you could cast it on his, like, staff so he could see wherever he walks. One object, yeah, come here, come here, Jonathan, I'm gonna touch your thing, and it's gonna glow. Um, okay, I trust you. Phrasing. Jonathan, despite that awkward phrasing, a moment later, your staff begins to glow in a very familiar cantrip of light, and you can now see the room you're in that everybody has been talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. Isn't this nice, joining joining us? In, why right. can't you see in the dark again? Is that like a thing humans can't do? You just it's a can't? thing humans can't do. Yeah, humans do not have dark vision. Elves have dark vision. All the rest of you have some form of dark vision, except for Jonathan and Shadow. But Shadow has some other perception that makes him 
able to move around. Have you ever thought the reason why your lifespans are so short is because life just isn't worth living for you? <laughs> Ouch. Well, we need to have a sensitivity training at some point in the future, I think. Let's go kill something now that now that our wizard can see where to aim his spell. Yeah. Uh, I try the door uh, slowly and quietly. It is locked. All right, I take 30 seconds to find the right key. Okay, uh, the second key you insert. It's unlocked. Uh, I wait for my party to get into the room with me before I open the door. We're going to slice that pie? Actually, no. I'll wait for them to be out there just in case something else happens. I'll say, hey, guys, in case something bad happens when I open this door, why don't you stand on the other side of the wall? And I'm going to go ahead and ready my bow. Just have it ready to go just in case there's anything bad on the other side of that door. Okay. You guys are all kind of in this smaller little room um, waiting. Do you guys want to wait on the other side of the wall in case something burst out, area effect wise? Sure. Yeah, that's probably not? wise. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We we've we've we're experienced enough to not be completely stupid about this. Carlton can slice <laughs> the pie alone. On the other side of the door, like Carlton's going to be alone in this little room. Yeah, I'm going to take whatever the brunt of whatever is going to happen. All right. Uh, I open the door slowly and kind of peek in. Okay, you peek in as you look and you can see that this is a bare bones room you don't see anything at first it just seems to be an empty stone room stone floor um as you look over to the left you uh what's the limit of your dark vision because at this point you can't really uh 60 feet okay you see some creatures moving kind of further down the room. Do I have an idea of how many? Uh, you see two. There okay. seems to be two large snail-like creatures slowly shuffling oh. along the floor, making this weird oh, noise as they, they move. <laughs> can't deal with that. <laughs> you just My job this, is you DM. Know, no, we got it. DM and Foley artist. Just be like, Foley remember artist? that sound I made before and edit it in because I can't hear that again. That's going to kill me. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> so yeah, you can you can kind of see the one. The other one, you 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 can't really see it. It seems to be around a corner. This room kind of goes into a mild L, and so you've got a, a fairly clear view of the one as it slowly sl- glides across the floor. The I other do the one, SWAT team, two fingers, point to the door, small wave. All right, I don't know what that means. What are you guys doing? Uh, signaling them that I only see two creatures. In there. I'm going to move forward. All right. And when they start coming in, coming into this room, I will kind of come into this room as well to get a better look. Are you all moving in? Or you I will go, go in, in behind Carlton. Yeah, let's go behind Carlton. Yeah, all let right. me do my thing. Yeah. You're the tank, Carlton's man. Carlton's tank. tank. Carlton tank. can get Tank's hit got with tank, the, bro. the snail. Ooh, when it's dead, we can make masks out of its goo. Oh, That's I want to make a beauty. hat out of its shell. All enter this room. Um, Jonathan, as your light, as you enter and the light that Bernie created kind of lights up this room really nice for everything, you can kind of now get a very clear look at these two snails. They are humongous. They're almost bigger than, uh, Cocos Newt. A very colorful shell, big, bushy, thick, uh, flail kind of, uh, tentacles on the top of their head slowly moving across the floor in a noise that I won't repeat. And you can see trailing behind them is this viscous mass as they just kind of glide across the floor. And Jonathan, as as you 
stay behind everyone. The back wall that you guys butt up against, you do notice that there is something on the floor and something leaning up against the wall. And it, it looks like a small set of stone cutters tools, like a, a chisel and a hammer. And then leaning up against the wall are five or six, what look like panes of glass, but they're super thick and they have this interesting sheen over them. And as you look back over to the snails, you see the one that's closer to you, the tentacles start to writhe a little bit and suddenly notice that the shell of this thing has started to glow. The one that's closer to you. It's shiny. It suddenly bursts into light and kind of Ah! the same way your staff has lit up. Its shell lights up and it's almost blinding in this room. And so we can roll initiative. Oh, roll initiative! It's been so long. It's been a long time. The last time I rolled initiative, I was running for my life. Jonathan, what's your initiative? Mine is 11. And what's Bucks? Bucks is 21. 21. Uh, What's Travancore? What's yours? Travancore is 19. Shadow is 11. Bernie? Um, I accidentally, I wrote, I got a 19 as well, but... What's your initiative bonus? And Travancore, what's yours? But you, plus four. Okay, so Travancore is going to go first, or he's going to go before Bernie. Uh, what was Shadow again? Shadow was 11. Jonathan, what's your initiative bonus? Uh, two. And what's Shadow's initiative bonus? Shadow, plus one. All right, so Jonathan's going to go before Shadow. All right, we just need Carlton to come back. I'm, I'm here. Okay, what's your initiative? Uh, 15. All right. So Bucks is actually first to go. What's Bucks going to do? Uh, Bucks is going to fly into this room. Okay. And actually, he's going to come up the stairs, and he's going to stay there and look out. All right. He's going to sit on the stairs that lead up to the, the inn's basement and do a lookout. Travancore, it is your turn. All right, so I'm going to shoot an arrow at it. All right. Okay, which one? Just a regular arrow. Oh, the which, oh, which, which one? Okay. Which, um, yeah, which which? I'm going to go for the one that's closer to Carlton. <laughs> okay, the one that's got the lit up shell at the yeah. moment. And I think because it's my first attack, I get advantage. Because of the bright light of this snail, that it's, it's, it's kind of this dazzling multicolored array coming off of its shell. It's almost hypnotic, and it throws you off a little bit, and you would actually have disadvantage on this attack. But since you have advantage, it'll cancel each other out, and so you get to go ahead and just make a straight attack. But going forward, I'd have disadvantage on other attacks. Okay. Cool. 11. Sadly, no. <sighs> the arrow just... You're you are almost too blinded by the disco ball of the shell and miss. Alright. Uh, can I grab something of mine, like as a free action, or no? Depends on what you want to grab. Uh, I have a mirror that I had. I used to have on Shadow, like to protect him from the uh, what do you call it? Uh, basilisk. Yeah, yeah. Basilisk. I'm gonna you just got that grab little it. hand mirror. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm gonna grab it and like stick it like somewhere like on me, which I'm, like still have my bow and arrow handy, but it's like reflecting off of me. So I'm hoping that it'll blind this guy too. Okay, you grab this little hand mirror you have and take a second. I'll say as a bonus action, you're able to kind of stick it next to a pocket on your your tunic. Uh, anything else? That's it. Bernie, it is your turn. Bernie, Bernie's going to do a thing. Bernie's going to do a helpful passive thing. She is going to, since 
Carlton is in the lead. She's going to cast Shield of Faith on Ooh. Carlton. He gets a plus two bonus to the AC for 10 minutes. All right. That happens. Nice. Carlton, you feel sturdier and stronger. I go, thanks, little buddy. You're welcome. Oh, if we combine this with haste, I'll be unstoppable. Bernie, anything else? Nope. All right, Carlton, it is your turn. Would trying to figure out what these are be my action or uh, a free thing? Like like a nature check or something? I'll let it be a bonus action if you want to do a nature check. Yeah, what the hell is this thing? Uh, 21. Drink. Drink. That's a natural 20. natural 20? You're not sure if you remember the name of this thing, but the instant the shell lights up like a disco ball, you're like, oh, yeah, I've heard of these things. You do remember that they're they're super slow because they're giant snails, but they're not necessarily easy to kill. I mean, that shell is hard as rocks. And you do know that the slime that they leave behind is pretty highly prized. It hardens into something Almost like bulletproof glass, what we would consider bulletproof glass. It's this thick, natural glass that people actually harvest from these snails when they get a chance. But they are wild creatures. They're not friendly. They certainly don't like to be attacked. And uh, you do know that they can be pretty nasty because that shell is pretty thick. Uh, Do I think that with what you told me with the, the goo from the snail thing... Do I think if I, like, put it on my body and it hardened, that would be detrimental to me? Uh, yeah, considering once it hardens, it's incredibly difficult to get off, and it's not, it's not, once it hardens, it's solid, and so you'd put so it So I'm on smart your, enough not to rub it all over my body. Got you it. You are definitely <laughs> smart enough to know not to rub it anywhere on your body. Right. Uh, in that case, I'm going to come up here, and I'm like, ooh, I want the shiny, and he's gonna get some attacks at him. Okay. Uh, as you try to focus in on this this snail because it's got the disco ball going on, all of your attacks are at disadvantage. Mm, okay. Um, and I use my bonus action to do nature, so I cannot rage. All right. Uh, first attack will miss. And... What'd you roll? Oh, I rolled a uh, disadvantage twelve. Yeah, you you hit it, but your your axe was it the halberd or the axe? Halberd. Yeah, your halberd just kind of ting off the shell. All right, uh, and then I'll be like, all right, well, now I know not to hit the shell, so I'm going to try to come at him again. Uh, that'll be uh, a 15 to hit. You try to go for the, the soft bit that's kind of coming out of the shell, and it's those bright lights that are in your eyes. Ding! It's just, it's just too shiny. It's, it's too it's, shiny. Guys, guys, it's just too shiny. Come on, I feel like I can help you with that. Anything else? That's what I could do because I can't rage. Okay. Jonathan, it is your turn. All right. Bored now. Uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular points a mighty magic finger and says, Duck, Carlton! What? Okay, where? Where's the duck? As he puts a fireball right there. Where's the duck? I'm sorry, where'd you put this fireball? Right there. And what's the radius of it? 20 feet. It's gonna get Carlton if you put it there. Yep. All right. He's got an AC plus two. Let's hope that worked out well. Fortunately, zero F's given. We've done this before. He he can wrap it around Yes. I, uh, I sculpted- I'm often in the middle of the fireball. I sculpted around my friend. Meanwhile, I see flames rolling around me, and I'm like, where's this duck? It's in the fire. We'll get it later. No! Ooh, oh, peeking duck. So what, what kind of check is this? Uh, this is going to be a dexterity saving throw. All right. Uh, I believe the first one is going to fail uh, with a nine. 
Yes. Oh. oh. Sad drink because it's second one rolled a natural 20. Now it's Dex is a minus three. It's a 17. That saves. So the first one fails, it's gonna take full damage. The second one, tell me when you're done rolling damage. We'll do that first. Wow. That's a lot. Uh 28. Okay. So he's gonna take the full 28. So that's the the one closer to Carlton. The one next to Carlton is the one that failed its saving throw. The one further away is taking half, so that's so a couple things happen. You notice the one closer to Carlton as th- this ball erupts in the center of the room. You've kind of pointed and the little bead turns into giant fireball. The one closer to Carlton, when it comes out of the flames, singed and burnt, you notice that where once there was five tentacles, two of them have completely burned away. And the other one, uh, one of them, has completely burned away. And they they seem to be writhing a little bit and in quite a lot of pain. The one that succeeded on your saving throw, I need everyone to make a constitution saving throw. Wait, what? Oh, boy. That, that's not going to go oh, well. God. need everyone to make a constitution that's, saving throw. That's and not that good. includes Shadow. Uh, Jonathan, what level was Fireball? What level did you Third. put it at? Jonathan, what's your saving throw? 20. And, okay, so that's a success. Bernie, what's your saving throw? 15. That's a success. <laughs> Travancore? 9 for Travancore, but 14 for Shadow. Both of you guys fail. Carlton? 14. That's a fail. Okay. If you've succeeded, you will take half damage. As it seems like part of the fireball, the essence of this thing, is it burnt into this snail, got sucked into the shell of this uh, snail. And for a moment, it shudders, and then the shell erupts in this bright light, almost like what the other one was doing, but this kind of blasts out like a wave of force. Oh, thank God, they're not high rolls. All right, so if you failed, you're going to take seven force damage. If you succeeded, you're going to take half, so you'll take three. As part of this magical blast from Jonathan kind of got reflected back at all of you. Anything else, Jonathan, since that was on your turn? Uh, nope. I am good. All right. It is Shadow's turn. All right. So Shadow knows the value of a good flanking conga line. So assuming he has enough motion, I mean, he has enough movement to get there. My question is, by, by getting behind the one that Carlton's in front of, does he open himself up to attack of opportunity from the other guy? Yes. At the moment, there's no way to get behind the one with Carlton without basically moving out of the attack of the other one. Crap. All right. In that case, uh, Shadow is going to move next to Carlton and then like diagonal from the guy. And he's going to try and bite this fellow for some darnage. This guy still has his disco shell going on. So Shadow's attack will be at disadvantage. Okay. Oh, hey, Bear Buddy. How are you? Uh, and oh, you was a good bear. Doesn't matter. Natural one, sad drink. Mm. Uh, so four. Shadow instinctually knows that snails taste horrible, and so he kind of can't bring himself to bite down on this thing, and totally misses. Ah, okay. That's uh, that's it for Shadow. All right, it is the snail's turn. Carlton, the one on you that still has three tentacles left is going to try to attack you with all three of them. Okay. The first one's a 23. Uh, that'll hit. 
The next one's a 13. 13 will miss. And the next one's an 18. Uh, thanks to the blessings of Queen Bey and her vassal Bernie, I am okay. Alright, so one of them hits you for seven bludgeoning damage. The other one is going to slide up, and it still has four of its tentacles, and so it's going to unleash all four of those on Shadow. Oh boy. Uh, 13? 13 will... Actually, yeah, that'll hit. And another 13, so that's a hit. Yep. Eight probably misses. Nope. And that's a 16. That'll hit. So it looks like... So three of them hit, and that's going to be 13 bludgeoning damage. Understood. And they are done. Uh, it's Bucks' turn. Go ahead and roll a perception check for Bucks, since he's on lookout duty. And he looks with advantage. Uh, 15. He does not see anybody. Do you want him to do anything else? Nope, that's it. All right, Travancore, it's back to you. All right. Um, I'm guessing whether I open my eyes or close my eyes is going to be the same disadvantage, right? Yeah, pretty okay. much. Okay, got it. So it doesn't make a difference. So... Might as well go in with eyes wide open. Which one are you going after? I'm going to go after the one that's in front of Carl. Okay. All right, so disadvantage. Oh, crap, of course. So the disadvantage roll, it will be 11. Nah, once again, that disco ball is super bright and it's hard to see. All right, I'm going to try and pick up my mirror and shine it in the face of one of these guys and see if that does anything. I'm guessing they have a natural immunity to this light, but it's really all I can do. You hold it up and catch the light and try to reflect some of it back. And it's weird. It, you reflect it back. And if you aim it just right, it almost feels like you can kind of get the, the eye stalk of one of these things. But it doesn't seem to react. Okay. All right. In that case, I put it back. I have my bow, my bow ready to go when I'm done. All right. Bernie, it is your turn. I think I'm going to cast Spiritual Weapon. Okay. It's going to take the form of a giant salt shaker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where would you like to place it? Um, it's like right in between the two. It's going to attack one and then as a bonus, it's going to attack the other. Okay. We'll start with the one that's uh, next to Carlton as I look this up. You are still going to be at disadvantage when you attack this thing, because even though you are directing or it's attacking, you're kind of directing it and it's got the crazy stuff going on. So we'll be at disadvantage. 18 and a 23. Okay, that does hit. Go ahead and roll damage. All right, damage, damage, damage. It's going to take 13 damage. You see as another one of its tentacles, uh, as you shake salt over this thing, another one of its tentacles shrivels up and curls into nothing as uh, it's only got two tentacles left. Anything else? Um, well, I get a bonus action. I'm going to move it. Five Where would you like to move feet. it? Can it be in flanking with shadow, like a diagonal flanking? Oh, it can move 20 feet. <laughs> then, yes. It could also it could also flank with me if it was only five, but if it's twenty, well, you can I get attacked the, the one closest to you. So does my advantage in flanking cancel out my disadvantage? Yes, it does. Go ahead and roll cool. an attack. Does an eighteen hit? Uh, eighteen does hit. Go ahead and eleven. Uh, you see another tentacle. This one now is down to three tentacles as it's the salt shaker takes away one of it. It just kind of melts into nothing like the Wicked Witch of the West. It's awful. As the salt hits the shell, it seems to take in some of that 
force damage. I need everybody to make a constitution saving throw. Hooray. Hey, Bernie, what level is spiritual weapon? What level did you cast it at? Uh, level two. If I'd cast it at level three, I'd do more damage. Uh, I fuck. need everyone to make a constitution saving throw. Fuck. Jonathan. Eight. Oh, crap. Uh, you failed. Bernie. Bernie got a five. Failed. Travancore. Ten for me, 21 for Shadow. Travancore fails, Shadow succeeds, and Carlton. Carlton failed with a 12. So those of you who succeed make take half damage. If you failed, you're going to take you're going to take 8 damage. If you succeeded, you're taking 4 as this salt shaker causes the shell to just burst out again in this bright searing light and you feel this shockwave emanate from the snail. And it is force damage if that matters. Anything else, Bernie? Um, does anybody else take in any damage? I've taken quite a bit. Oh, everyone's (laughs) taken damage. I mean, but like, what's your damage at? Because I just realized I hadn't been. That's fine. Uh, Travancore is at 24, Shadow's at 11. Okay, there we go. All right. Carlton's at 28 of 50. Oh, you guys have taken a lot of damage. Wow, I stopped paying attention. Cool. Next time, go next go around, I'll heal everyone. Okay. All right. Anything else, Bernie? Well, I don't have anything else I can do. I should have just healed it. You can move. Well, I'm hiding it. Where can I move? In the corner. You can move out of the corner. I'm just giving you your options. You can, like, duck in and out of the door. Duck down. Um, no, I'm fine where I am. It's fine. Right. Everything's fine. We're not dying. Okay. We're fine. Carlton, it is your turn. Rage. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's going to get a couple halberd attacks at it. Okay, go for it. So this All will right. be just a straight roll. All right, straight, uh, it's not a uh, straight roll? Yeah, because the raging gives you, or no, you don't have a, because you're not doing nope. reckless, right? So you're nah, still, then you're still no, at not. disadvantage when you're attacking this thing. Well, this, uh, uh, it'll miss with a 15, because I think it by 15 earlier missed, right? 15 does miss. Just barely, right. ding, off that shell. Uh, 17 both times. That does hit. You land. It will be 26 damage uh, between slashing and necrotic. All right. You chop off the last two tentacles, and this thing curls in on itself and retracts into its shell. And Uh-oh. for a moment, you, you're like, yes, escargot for dinner. Cool shiny shell hat. This wailing starts up. Oh, boy. It is. Uh, well, there goes our sneaking. <laughs> okay, so it re- it's retracted into the shell. And you hear this horrible, high-pitched wail coming from inside. Uh, I need to do a little bit of rolling. Oh, dear God. That's not good. Uh, I'm right next to this thing. Yeah, it's just this super loud wailing that just continues and continues. Uh, you can hear it. It just echoes off of this empty room. And it, it seems to be dead or dying, but this horrible sound is coming from this thing. Does anybody have silence? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. All right. Anything else? Frenzy. Okay. Uh, so that's one level of exhaustion. And you're going to go after the other one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, could I enter Shadow's space, hit it, and then exit so I get the advantage? Oh, with the spiritual weapon. Okay. Yes. yes. Sorry, you were talking about Shadow, and I... Yes, you, you could do that, I'll say, as a moving attack, since you're not going to stop in Shadow's space. Cool. Uh, Eleven's not going to cut it. No, that's you're too put off by this horrible death whale of this other snail. 
It's it's wailing. It's shiny. It's so many so many things. All right, Jonathan, it is your turn. You see this one snail apparently die and then give off this horrific ear piercing wail. That's not good. That's not good at all. It's right, not. Let's see what I can do about that. Oh, uh... actually, I, I'm technically not allowed to frenzy, Lauren, because I raged on this turn as a bonus action, and frenzy is a bonus action. Eh, we'll, we'll okay, call just it. Just letting you know. Uh, yeah. So which know. one is down, the right one or the left one? Uh, the one to the left is, as far as you can tell, in its death throes. Its death throes are just super loud. All it's right. retracted into this shell and is just emitting this horrible noise. Okay, then I'm just going to magic missile this one right here. The other one? Yeah. Okay. At what level? Uh, just one. Okay. Jesus, for nine damage. All right. I need everyone to make a constitution saving throw. Burp. As you release these three magic missiles oh. and it slams into the soft underbelly of this thing, it rocks. It looks super hurt. You don't quite take off a tentacle, but it's just writhing in pain. And then the shell lights up again in what seems to be now very familiar and a burst of force comes off of it. Jonathan? Oh, I failed with a, like, six. Yep, that's a failure. Bernie? I got it. Five. That's a failure. Travancore. Travancore got a 17. Shadow got a three. All right. Travancore succeeded. Shadow fails. And Carlton. Uh, pass with a 22. Okay. Uh, if you failed, you are going to take uh, three force damage. If you succeed, you take one. Who failed? Who failed? Raise your hand if you failed. Or don't raise. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's not. I but fortunately, at this point, you guys only take three force damage instead of uh, anything else. Jonathan? Uh, nope, that'll do it. I, I want to unleash a higher level spell on it, but I'm not going to. Please don't. <laughs> Roll an, in uh, an intelligence check. Don't Just worry. a straight intelligence check. Uh, let's see. That is going to be like 24. Yeah, these things, uh, magic reacts badly to these things. And it it seems like on a very regular basis, when you attack these things with magic, they are doing something to attack you back with your own magic. Or something approximating that. Ow. Shadow, it's your turn. All right. So Shadow is going to... Shadow got eight health, just so you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I can't withdraw, otherwise open those attack opportunity anyway. So... This Shadow... is true. And... Uh, this will. This is not a disadvantage because the one that Carlton is um, basically slaughtered and then retracted into its shell. Its shell is no longer making that crazy uh, light show anymore, and so he is no longer at disadvantage. So the one on the left is just about dead, right? But not quite dead. Or is he actually dead? Dead. The one on the left, the soft snail, after having all of its tentacles chopped off, has retracted into its shell and is making this horrible wailing noise. Um, and all you can see is just the shell sitting there. The one on the right is still alive, but is looking super hurt. Gotcha. Okay, well, he's not going to be able to bite through the shell, so he's going to go for the one on the right. Okay. And I'm guessing a 10's not going to do it. Nah, he tries to bite at him and just can't quite get at the soft stuff. Alright, and since Shadow is super about helping others, he feels a little bit ashamed of himself and ends his turn. Actually, uh, I forgot about the spiritual weapon. Did you roll with advantage? Oh, crap, I did not. Oh, he boy. does get advantage now that the, the disco ball is dead. Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. 
Well, it doesn't matter. You got rolled 10 again anyway. Roll so. the exact same thing. Oh, all right. Yeah. Oh. So the salt shaker just kind of shakes. Like, come on, man. Oh, he can oh. move, right? He all can. Right, he just then, can't leave. But then the salt shaker the... loses advantage, though. Then that's the. There's no point. It, let him stay where he is, I guess. Okay. The uh, one that Carlton slaughtered is going to continue to just emit this horrible wailing noise. The other one still has three tentacles left and is going to go after Carlton with them. Uh, 19? Uh, that will connect. Uh, 9 probably doesn't. 18? Uh, that will miss. Okay, so one of them hits 8 bludgeoning damage. Oof. Alright. And it is done. Uh, have Bucks make a perception check? That's an 18. He looks around, still does not see anything. He does very clearly hear the death wail of this snail, though, and oh my god. Bucks is not 100 feet away from you, and through your telepathic connection, he is very insistent on how much more horrible this is for this owl to hear this wailing on so many more spectrums of uh, of the, the auditory spectrum I'm than so you sorry, can buddy. I am so sorry. He is disgusted and, oh, but nobody's coming. Travancore. All right, now that I don't have disadvantage anymore, I'm thinking my arrows might actually do something to the guy on the right. And All right. arrow launch. Crap. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a nine, but it's a natural one. The wincing on your bear's face, because he's next to this horrible wailing sound, just is too distracting. Anything else? Uh, um, not nah, it. Bernie. Bernie's gonna cast a healing spell. Okay. Because she's a cleric, and she's sort of, that's her job. That is what she does. There's one where I can give you guys, like, a whole bunch of fucking points. Hold on. Fuck, mass healing word didn't print. Maybe that's why I never use mass healing word. Since I've got it, uh, it's a range of 60 feet, it's instantaneous. Uh, it is a bonus action for mass healing word. You call it the word of restoration. Up to six creatures of your choice that you can see within range regain hit points equal to 1d4 plus your spellcasting ability modifier. Um, and you can cast it at higher spell slots for more healing. Oh, then I'm definitely using prayer of healing because prayer of healing is 2d8. Wait, 1d4? That's regular healing word. Yeah, but regular healing word does one person. Mass healing word gets yeah, everybody. Does. Yeah, okay. I'm going to do prayer of healing. That's why I use prayer of healing. 2d8 plus okay. my spellcasting ability modifier plus all the fucking bonuses I get. Two plus your spell- you're a life cleric, right? Yeah. Uh, it's two plus the spell level, I believe. Two plus- yeah, that's the one it was. So, the reason that you use one over the other- I'll let you do it right now because I know you picked your spells, uh, but you may want to look into this for the next time. So, mass healing word, the casting time is a bonus action. Prayer of healing? Does more healing, yes, but it's a 10-minute casting time. Oh. Oh. We've never really paid <laughs> Yeah, that's the difference. Prayer of healing is something you do. It gives you a lot more healing to everybody, but it is a casting time. I'll let you do it right now, because I know, as I said, you picked your spells, and if you didn't have... But that's the difference between the two. Mass healing word gets everybody instantaneously as a bonus action, so it's something you use in combat. Prayer of healing is more Wait, healing when you've got... Mass Ten healing word I can do as a bonus action. Yeah, yep. so you can still hit with the spiritual Do weapon. I have space to come up there and just, like, whack that snail with my mace? Yeah. Because doesn't 10, it not 15, like yeah. magic? 
Yeah, you can absolutely do that. So if you do Mass Healing Word, it's a third level spell. It's a bonus action to cast. Everybody gets 1d4 plus your spellcasting ability modifier, plus if you've got any bonuses for when you heal stuff. Range is 60 feet, so it's up to six creatures of your choice you can see within range. Let's go hit this snail. <laughs> okay. What's my just regular hitting things modifier? Do I have one of those? You should. Uh, you should have a mace. Strength, probably. Strength. Yeah, I have a mace. I'm proficient in my mace. So you get to add your proficiency bonus okay. to... Because yep. I just thought of something in the spur of the moment. Does an 11 hit? No. Sadly, no. You haven't used this mace in a while, and so you're a little rusty. Kevin, no. Um. Oh, Kevin's not rusty. Kevin. You are. Yeah, but I blame Kevin. So you still have your bonus action if you want to cast Mass Healing Word, or you can have your spiritual weapon attack. That bear is going to die, and I'm never going to hear the end of it. No, you won't. So, <laughs> let's cast Mass Healing Word. It's what, 1d4 plus whatever. Yeah, 1d4 plus your spell casting ability modifier, plus, plus if you've got any other bonuses right. to when the you heal stuff. stuff. Ideally, you guys will get some points back. Everybody gets 14 Ooh. points of health back. Wee! Including me. I'm a general! Wee! I'm a general! <laughs> Bernie fails miserably at hitting this thing, but succeeds in just astronomically in making everybody feel better. Carlton, it is your turn. Alright. Alley-oop. Over there. Okay. And then we're gonna go ahead. Uh, I'm like, oh! Hi, Kevin! Kevin says hi! We're gonna do uh, three uh, what you call it? Attacks. Uh, halberd. Okay. All right. Uh, twenty-seven to hit. That hits. All right. That's sixteen damage. Okay. You chop off another tentacle. There's only two left, and this thing looks like a stiff breeze will make it flop to the ground dead. Yeah. Well, nineteen to hit it again. That and twelve hit. damage. Okay. On that second hit, you ram the halberd into it, and describe in gory detail how you kill this thing. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to get three hits. I'm like, oh, wait, no, this thing's almost dead. And I kind of eviscerate it and like kind of, I don't want it to go into the shell like the other one. So I take my halberd and I kind of like wedge it in between the, like where its neck would be. And like, it's if it had a spine where the spine would be and like wedge it in there. So it can't retreat like the other one did. Okay. Go ahead and roll a, a strength check. I, I hope this works. I don't want that screeching. My ears really hurt. I just keep hearing, I keep going, mom, mom, yeah, mom, mom. Oh, it's All not right, even, uh, it doesn't even pulse. It is this constant high-pitched screech. Uh, just straight up uh, unskilled uh, strength? Yeah. All right. Uh, I have advantage. So 23 and crit fear, 12. So 23. Okay. You're successful in wedging this thing into the ground as the soft part of the snail tries to retreat in horror as the last of its tentacles are severed by your halberd. You just pin it to the ground and it begins to writhe in death throes around your halberd and from it now emanates the same horrific noise as- Oh god, I fucked up! I fucked up! Oh god, oh god! <laughs> It so continues to just as if you if you do let it go, you'll find that you've <laughs> prevented it from retreating into the shell, and the soft, squishy, tentacleless part of this snail just continues to now writhe slowly on the ground, twitching and emanating this horrific noise. But it's outside of its shell, though. It is. It has not retreated into its shell, but it is still making that noise. 
But is it detached from the shell? No, you've basically just, you staked it before okay. it could retreat. And so it's still kind of, you know, okay. it, it's just flopped over and it's twitching on the ground Can emanating this noise. just beat it until it stops? Make it stop. So we are technically out of initiative. I, I want to take the other shell. You guys, uh, before we go on, let me let me do this. Carlton, that's not going to fit in your butt. <laughs> you get um, 1,400 experience for the two of, for the lot of you, split between all of you. We're at 13,632. That's what I got. When do we level up? 14,000. Oh, it's, co- it's coming. Oh, so close. Bucks continues to see nobody, but now hears the the cries and death throes of these two snails doubled and is just incensed at the the noise. Bucks, is if just... you need to go outside, you can. Like, it hurts all of you. All of you are, are it is just, it yeah, is a fire he's got, alarm he's times got the 20. Small owl eardrums, so. And he's a little, and he's a little bit further away, but he's hearing it on, you know, Shadow's the same way. Now that the, the fight has ended and he can kind of calm down a little bit, Travancore, you see that he's just trying to dig his nails, his claws into the stonework as these things just emanate this horrific death whale. Wait, I still have Chester. Chester had disappeared. Uh, yeah, we're, I'm gonna say it's still the next couple of seconds right after this. We're out of initiative. Can Spirit, can I use Chester to just, like, beat on these things until they stop? Like, a death throw implies it's dying. How much damage does Chester need to do to just make it squish flat? You don't know. Well, we're gonna try, because you never get anywhere if you don't try. First, go ahead and roll me a nature check. Someone else should roll that. I'm not very good at nature. Bernie's not a fan of nature. Nature guy. Yeah, nature guy, roll your nature check. Bernie will roll hers. <laughs> Bernie got an 11. Ha <laughs> ha Where were you during the entire fight? I know, where- Travancore, let Bernie know if she can Everybody just drink. <laughs> beat them. Just hit the snail, yeah. make it stop. Oh, I'm not going to waste the spell. Bernie is really, well, for the next minute, I'll say that you're that you guys can wail against this thing because Bernie, you're like, oh god, make it stop! Oh, obey, make it stop! Travancore, now that you've kind of fought these things and seen their actions, you you recognize flail snails. You read about these things. Oh god, they're they're super valuable and rare for a lot of reasons. But this is the sucky part. So when you kill them, they emit this almost psychic noise for several minutes. You're not exactly sure for how long it seems to vary, depending on how old the snail is. And it's it's the last death throes of this thing calling out to its fellows, because in these final moments before it dies, it does have a chance of coming back to life. This is basically an alarm bell. Bernie, this would be the equivalent of one of your teammates yelling at you that they need healing or that they need they need a potion right be- as they go unconscious. This is an attempt to call its fellows over to get healing so that it can recover in some way. Travancore, you know, there's not really much that can stop this thing. You can try to get into it and find the brain, but it's a snail. There's not really like a brain brain and disassemble it but uh you do know left alone and doing nothing sometime in the next 10 to 20 minutes it'll die (gasps) oh god 
that's way too long. Let's get out of this room. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I want the shell. Oh my god. Not, but... not worth it, buddy. You're hearing it's shiny. Come back for it. It'll still you be here in 20 minutes. 20 minutes. 20 It'll minutes be we'll here. Back. It'll be here. We might not be here, but it will be here. Okay, you guys flee the room. Do you do you just go into the antechamber or do you go back to the kind of the main main room, room main room, main room, main room, main room? Yeah, okay. main room's fine. You shut doors as you go. The doors help, but they're they don't seem to be really sturdy wooden doors. They don't seem to be anything special. And you can still very clearly hear these things dying, but it it's a little bit better. It's it's kind of like it's an annoying alarm in another room now. And as you enter the kind of the, the main regular chamber, Bernie's light spell is still on Jonathan's staff. You see that the room seems undisturbed. Bucks is still sitting at his post on the stairs. And we'll pause there and continue as you dive into the fixer's lair next time on Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Thanks for listening to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Follow us on Twitter at Dungeon Drunks or www.libshark.com and see you next encounter.